0: Well, I want to welcome you again, especially to all of you who are at Into One Church Online, and I'm pretty sure that's pretty much everyone, because as I look around here, well, you're not here, but then again, you'd already know that. We are in part two of a series called Follow, and last episode, we made a couple of startling discoveries, and so as I say these, if these don't make sense to you, or you don't remember them, you need to go back, listen to last week's episode in its entirety Big discoveries as it relates to following Jesus. Number one, we learned that being a sinner does not disqualify you from following Jesus. It's actually a prerequisite. The only people Jesus invited to follow him were sinners. Secondly, being a non-believer doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. This is a big deal. Nobody in the first century that followed Jesus, nobody initially thought that he was the Son of God. Nobody. They were all unbelievers in that regard. And so you know what that means? It means that if you're kind of hung up over the whole uh, divine thing, over can a person be God, and all those amazing stories that are in, throughout Scripture, the good news is that you have been invited to follow. You, you really have. You can lean in the direction of Jesus without being a believer. Which which means that you could start to read the New Testament without being a Christian. You you can begin to read the New Testament even if you don't think it's true. You can begin to read the New Testament even if you don't think that it's inspired. Because you don't don't look at anything else based on whether or not it's inspired. That's not your litmus test to reading, right? You can start Without believing, and at into one, we say you can you can begin to belong before you believe, and I dare you to do it because nobody Jesus invited to follow Him believed the right stuff initially. It it came along the way. Third thing that we discovered was that Jesus' invitation to follow was not a religious invitation at all, and and that's why the uh, the religion of his day, really the religion of every day, every generation, uh, speaks to you like this: Hey change then you can join us right that's why some of you dropped out of church because you didn't feel like you were a good enough person you thought the lightning might strike as you came through the door you didn't feel like you were a a religious person you didn't feel like a church person so you decided since I don't act like a church person I shouldn't be part of a church since I'm not very religious I shouldn't be part of any religious movement and then you decided, if I'm ever going to be religious again, well, I'm going to have to, to change the way that I behave so that I'll be able to join. And, and that's the message of religion. And, and then Jesus came along. And this, was, <laughs> this message was so disturbing to religious people. But consistently, his message was this. Join us, and you will change Join us and you will change. Get close to me. Follow me. Listen, take a few notes. Focus on me. And over time, you may look in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't recognize that guy. I, I I don't recognize that lady. Who is that? What has happened? What is happening to me? You, you will change not because of discipline. And, 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 and you will change not because of Uh, You decided to make a change. You just made a choice. You will change because people who are in proximity to Jesus, they begin to change. That's just what happens. Change is and was the result of experience with the kindness of God. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And the fourth thing that we learned last week was that following forces me to focus on where I am rather than where you are not. And that's an important focus for us to have. So the bottom line is this. This is the question that we're going to ask again and again over the next few weeks. Am I following? Not how far have I gotten, right? Not, not how consistently do I go to church, not how many verses did I read, but am I following? Now, not, 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 not a, am I ahead of anyone, Or behind anyone, am I following? The question that Jesus followers, they wake up every day, and you've got to ask this in some sort of way to stay connected, is, am I following? Are the choices that I'm going to be making today, are they based on following Jesus? It's not about having arrived. You're never going to arrive. But it's, am I currently, intentionally following? Now, today, we're going to talk about another narrative in the life of Jesus, another great story where this whole follow thing gets revealed. In this story, we find every stage and every element and every aspect of what it means to follow Jesus. In the New Testament, we have four accounts, of the life of Jesus. And honestly, historically speaking, that's um, extraordinary. There, uh, there's no other ancient figure that has this much information, this many resources about them. So Matthew was an eyewitness. Mark spent time with Peter and gave us Peter's account. Luke investigated it and interviewed a bunch of people and John was another eyewitness. So we have four accounts of the life of Jesus. And so the stories that we have um, about the life of Jesus, they're they're sometimes told from different angles, from Matthew's angle or from Luke's angle, and that's exactly what's going to happen today. I want to show you the story that Matthew tells and then the one that Luke tells. Same story. Matthew was uh, Jewish, primarily writing to a Jewish audience, and so he gives us this uh, brief synopsis, really, of the story. But it leaves you left me with a very unrealistic picture of what it means to follow Jesus. I want to read uh, Matthew's version with you real quick, uh, because this was the version that I had grown up with, and it had um, issues that it caused for me. I want just, um, left me thinking, I I, I can't do that. And, And maybe this has been the approach that was presented for you as well, and you're left with the same sort of feelings of what it comes, what it means to follow Jesus. So, First Matthew, then we're going to jump to Luke's account and read the same story and pull out some more details from that. So Matthew's account, primarily written to Jewish people who already had big faith. It was very cultural to know God. Everyone spoke about God all the time. So they didn't need a lot of the same detail when it comes to what God was able to do. They had history. So Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen, so that's what you do. 19, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you to fish for people. Verse 20, at once, they left their nets and followed him. And we go, what? So let me get this straight. A guy walks up. You're working. He says, follow me. And you just stop working and go with him? The story, the way it sounds to me, it it gets worse. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. 22, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. End of story, fade to black, roll the credits. When I read that, that didn't sound spiritual to me. That sounded irresponsible. Isn't that the way it sounds to you? Hey, hey Dad, guy in sandals, we're going to go with him. Good luck with the family business. See you later. Tell Mom we're going to miss her. Okay, boys, have fun storming the castle. When I was growing up, somebody preached this sermon. If you love Jesus... You'll give up everything, and you'll just follow Jesus, no matter what. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. I go, what does that mean? I mean, it sounds so extreme. Can I finish tying my shoes? Can I finish high school? The good news is, that's not the whole story, all right? I mean, that's what happened. That is the truth, but that's not all that happened, okay? And now, for the rest of the story. So Luke comes along. And Luke is writing to people like you, people like me, Gentiles, people who don't have a big history with God. It's not completely culture. People don't talk about it all the time. We don't have a history of big faith. People we're just not as familiar with God. People who need, yeah, frankly, a little bit more information, right? So Luke gives us the details. And Luke begins his gospel by saying, <clears throat> everything in here, I thoroughly researched this. I investigated it, I interviewed people, I talked to everybody I could. Here's the rest of the story. So this story takes place on the banks of the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee is way up here in the north, at the top of Israel, okay? Then out of the south end of the sea comes the River Jordan, and it comes down to the Dead Sea. Jerusalem's over here, Mediterranean Sea's over here. So here's Luke's version for us Gentiles, okay, of what really took place. Luke 5. One, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, okay, Sea of Galilee, same place, just a different name. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Oh, yeah. You see, there's more going on. Jesus is actually preaching and teaching down by the edge of the Sea of Galilee. And this is really important. Following Jesus always begins with information, all right? Following Jesus always begins with listening, Following Jesus does not begin with leave your world, leave your lifestyle, leave it all behind and start following. It always begins with information. And this is really important because if you're part of a religion or you're part of even a church or you're part of even some brand of Christianity and they say, don't ask questions, stop asking questions, just believe, then what you need to do is you need to run away Uh, because real faith and real Christianity is built on truth. It is built on teaching. It is built on listening. It is built on learning, built on truth, the foundation of truth. It's not blind faith. Jesus always built people's faith. So he's standing there at the edge of the water, and these people, they like what he's saying, and so they're crowding in, They got to get a little closer, a little closer, a little closer, and they're pushing him back. His feet are getting wet. They're in the water. They didn't have a stage. They didn't have crowd control. There's no bouncers. So Jesus is getting pushed back. Verse 2, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, let me explain this to you. What would happen is that these guys would fish at night, and then they would pull up their nets with the fish in them if they had any fish in their nets and they would uh, come to shore they would stretch their nets out and they would hang them on these posts that were along the to dry the nets and then they'd go around as they're all they're, they're they're hanging there and they'd start to pick out all the pieces of broken sunglasses and seaweed and beer cans and plastic stuff and clean the nets let them dry then they would roll them up take them home, and then store them during the day, and then they'd be ready to go the next time round. So there are these guys, and they're working on their nets right by the sea, cleaning them, repairing them, and as they're doing that, they're listening. They're listening to Jesus, who's teaching right nearby them. And he saw that their boats were just sitting there, right? And so he got into one of those boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's Peter, the one belonging to Simon Peter, he asked, can you just put it out just, just a little bit, just a little bit from the shore? This is an important point. Hey, Peter, could I inconvenience you for just a minute? Peter, can I borrow your boat? Peter's working, listening. He's working, he's listening. And now Jesus has a little distance from the crowd. He's out in the water just a little bit, But he's able to talk to the crowd. Then he sat down and he could teach the people from the boat because faith comes by hearing. And the boat position helped with both the teaching and the hearing. So following begins with listening. Faith is built around content, information, getting your questions asked. That's where it begins. And so Simon Peter, Andrew, James, John, they have been listening, listening, working, listening. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, he said to Peter, Simon Peter, and he could have said anything here, honestly. Uh, he could have said, hey, did, did you like that sermon? Yeah? <laughs> okay, then why don't you leave your family and uh, come with me? Because i got plenty more to teach you. At least he's had some information. <coughs> But he didn't. He didn't ask him to leave everything and just follow him. He says uh, this instead. It's uh, some of you know this story. Okay, I, I love this story. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. When he had finished speaking, this is verse four. He said to Simon, "Put it out into deep water. Let down the nets for a catch." Very important. He asked Peter to do something that Peter had done a thousand times, but he asked Peter to do it in a way that he had never done it before. Now, there's two problems with this, and you already know one of them. Number one, uh, Jesus, he says. uh, I don't know if you were paying attention at all, but those posts, what we were doing while you were talking, we just finished cleaning the nets, right? We dried our nets, And I don't know what you think about it, but that's not a casual endeavor. That's work, and it's work that we already did. And now it's closing time, all right? We are done for the day. We've been up all night. I just got up and made the bed. It's now not time to go and sleep in the bed. We just finished doing what you do after you finished doing what you've just asked me to go and do. Jesus goes, hey, Peter, let's go fishing. Now, Simon Peter is respectful. You know, Jesus is a rabbi, but come on, he's just another rabbi, right? And there's lots of rabbis. They're everywhere. They were teachers uh, everywhere. And, you know, granted, granted, this guy was good. This guy was really very good. But he's just another teacher. So Simon Peter, very diplomatically, verse 5 again, still here, says, Simon answered, Master. In other words, not Lord, not God. Just some sort of, you know, Jedi kind of master, generally. There's a bunch of you around. Okay, I'm respectful. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We've been fishing throughout the night. That's what we do. That's the way this has got to work. And I'm a little tired. We've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. A little frustrated. Now, this is important. Back in those days, you fish at night. This is not a lake. It's a sea. It's very deep. Uh, so when, when the water is cool, the, the fish come up to the surface. So when you're going out to fish with a net, since it's not deep sea fishing, you have to fish at night when the fish are at the top. When the sun comes up, the water heats up, the fish go down deeper. So you would always be fishing at night. They had been fishing all night. They had been fishing when, when you're supposed to go fishing, and they had caught nothing. Nothing. So they dried and cleaned their nets. And they're about to go home empty-handed. Now Jesus says, hey Peter, let's go fishing. When you're not supposed to go fishing, I want you to do something that you've done a thousand times. But I want you to do it differently. I want you to do it my way. I'm not asking you to leave your family. I'm not asking you to leave your business. I'm just asking you to do something one time, differently than you've ever done it before. and We don't know what Peter's thinking. We don't know what's going on in the background there. He could have been thinking, clearly, you know, a carpenter doesn't know much about fishing. You know, hey, that was a great sermon, but you know nothing about fishing rabbi, carpenter, rabbi plus carpenter. Either way you look at it, doesn't equal fishing expert. I don't know if you've noticed Peter's thinking, but you've gathered this crowd here. And when the crowd sees me going fishing in the middle of the day, they're going to think something about me, right? So, what's at stake? What's at stake was whether or not Peter thought that he could trust Jesus. And that's why this next part's so awesome. So, we're still in verse five. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so. Not because I think it's going to work out. Not because I think that this is about to help my reputation in front of all these people. Not because I think I'm about to catch anything. Not because I think it's a good use of my time. Not because I think that this will be a great story that I can tell later on. But because I've listened. And then I loaned you my boat. And I listened and I have just enough respect for you that I wouldn't do this for anyone else, don't get me wrong, but because you say so, I will let down my nets. Now, here's the part that we can appreciate a little bit. And if you're not a church person, a religious person, you totally, you totally get this. Imagine what hung in the balance of Peter's decision to take Jesus fishing. Sometimes we think it's nothing. It doesn't matter at all. But the reason that we know who Peter is is because in that moment, he decided, OK, this isn't a big deal. I'm going to trust this guy with this one opportunity to do something that I've done a thousand times, but do it a different way. And now for some of you, you're going to come back to this we're going to come back to this in just a minute. This is exactly where you are today. This, there is that internal nudge that's going on right now. There's that elbow to the ribs. There's that conscience, that thing where God is just nudging and nudging and nudging. And like Peter, you have no idea what hangs in the balance. Now, imagine if Jesus could sort of, you know, stop this and pulls out, drops down a screen, and says, "Peter, seriously, take me fishing." Look what's going to happen. Peter, if you take me fishing, look. (laughs) Look at this. Look at this. And Peter's like, well, what is it? And Jesus says, this is your legacy. This is all what happens because of you through me, through you, working together, because of the partnership with which we have. Just look at all these people that are impacted directly and indirectly by you. Yeah, even the apostle Paul, Peter, you get to help him make his start. You see, Peter, just like you and just like me, had no idea what hung in the balance of a single decision to do something that he had done a thousand times, but to do it in a way that he had never done it before. Simply because Jesus asked, will you do it? Many of you know this story. It just blows my mind. I love it. Verse six, when they had done so, Not when they had believed so, and not when they had thought so. Not when they intended so. Not when they had prayed so. Because doing is what makes the difference. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Verse 7, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both boats so full that they began to to sink both these big wooden boats designed to hold fish began to sink and when Simon Peter saw this what do you think he did did he say hey guys we're not gonna have to work for the next like four weeks somebody buy a refrigerator truck we got a big load the natural tendency for, for you and for me too is to get all geeked out about the number of fish But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell to his knees. And this is amazing because in this moment, it's no longer about fish. It's no longer about fishing. None of that scenario matters anymore. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. Not master anymore. Lord. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. This is important. If you haven't been paying attention, I I, I don't want you to miss this part. In that moment, Peter, for the first time, recognized who Jesus was. And in that moment, same moment, he recognized who he was. And this was the beginning of Peter's relationship with Jesus. He'd been shoulder to shoulder and eyeball to eyeball with the Savior of the world for maybe a couple of hours, but it was not until he took the step, the practical, physical step of faith, that suddenly his eyes opened. Suddenly his heart opened. And he experienced something that he never imagined experiencing. And it was like, oh my gosh. Oh my God, I, I, I'm in the presence. I'm in the presence of my Lord. And Jesus didn't say, you know, so glad you figured that out. Because in spite of this, Jesus was about to say, Peter, now I want you to follow me. Come on, I want you to follow me. Verse 9, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. 10, 10. And so James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid because they're all freaking out. They're all scared to death. What am I around? Who is this person? What could just happen? What, What did I just see? From now on, you will fish for people. I have something for you, right? Now this is very important. I have something for you, and I couldn't tell you what it was, until you were willing to do something that you had done a thousand times the way that I wanted you to do it. And in doing so, your little little itty-bitty faith trusted me because you say so, (laughs) because you say so. Your little itty-bitty baby faith in me intersected with my faithfulness. And now you know who I am. And now you know who you are. And now you know that you can trust me when I say that I have a future for you. But it all hung in the balance of a single decision to trust Christ with a single decision that reflected something that he had done many, many times. He says, from now on, you're going to fish for people. Verse 11, so they pulled the boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. And if you were there and that happened to you, you would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing, but not because he called you and said, leave everything and follow me, but because they listened and then they inconvenienced themselves and then they took, they took that little step, a single step that allowed God's faithfulness to enter, to intertwine itself with their acts of obedience. And, and, and then they were ready to leave the nets and to follow him, to which we would say to Matthew, Matthew, seriously, if you had finished telling the story, that would have made a whole lot more sense to us, okay? This is such a great piece of narrative. I I love coming back to it. There's so much here, and it's so affirming. It's so life-giving. It's so filled with hope. The the difference that's in there, I, I see these moments that are in my life, but I think from here, the story, we can also see the four phases of follow. And I think that each of us is in one of these four phases because, and follow me, uh, in this story we find every element, every aspect of what it means to follow Jesus. And all of us, every single one of us is at one of these four places. So for some of you, the first one, you're simply at the sit and learn phase. It's just sit and listen. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're uh, watching online, Um, you, you, you have actually, and I know you didn't necessarily mean to do this, you have actually taken a step to follow Jesus. Because following Jesus always begins with information. Following Jesus always begins with content. Following Jesus always begins by being informed. Christianity is an informed faith. It's not a blind faith. So some of you, simply by being engaged today, are in the sit and listen phase. And one of the best things that you can do, the thing that you need to do to follow Jesus, is just come back next week. Just tune into next week's episode. Get the information. Keep pulling it in. Ask questions and ask questions because that's how following Jesus always begins. Everybody who followed Jesus in the first century followed with at least a little bit of information. And for some of you, a big, bold step would be to continue to put yourself into uh, some kind of environment where you're getting the information to inform your decisions as you go forward. Others of you, next phase, it's loan him the boat. Jesus says to Peter, hey, it's getting kind of crowded up here on the beach, can I borrow your boat? This is a little bit of inconvenience. For some of you, you, you know what this is? Me- Maybe it's time for you to grab some more specific information. Not just the general story, but specific story. And engage with the teaching. You can do this. Use the teaching that we did a while back called Base Camp. Base Camp is the starting place for faith. It's the basics. It's the beginning. It's the story, and it arcs out. It helps you to get the understanding. Um, Maybe that's your next step to follow Jesus. You'll get information, specific information about faith and the start of it. And then you can start generating some even better questions. Base camp, Check it out. It's in our sermon archive. Some of you need to get your Bible, find a Bible, download the Bible app, and you need to begin to read the New Testament. And you know what? That'll be inconvenient. <laughs> it's inconvenient, but it's not going to cost you very much. Not really anything. It, but you don't have to change your whole life. It's just a minor inconvenience. For some of you, you've, you've been sitting and you've been listening. And it's now time for you to take the next step in following. Can I borrow your boat? Can I borrow a little bit of your time? Would you be willing to read the New Testament or or even just to start reading the Gospels on your own, to engage with them, to read them on your own? Then for some of you, number three, it's time to take him fishing. This this is where it gets exciting, really exciting. This is when you get to see things happening because your heavenly Father wants you to do something. Something. Maybe something you've done a thousand times, but he wants you to do it differently than you've ever done it before. And I bet, I will tell you that it will have something to do either with your relationships or your profession or your money. More than likely, those are the kind of categories that it's going to come in. Something relationally, something professionally, or something financially. Something different at work, something, uh, a different approach at home, uh, a different approach with your finances. And here's how you know what it is. Because you've been coming for a while, you've been sitting and you've been listening, you've gotten some of your questions answered, and every once in a while when you're praying, or every once in a while when your mind is kind of just, I don't know, not focused on the world around you, there's something, something on the inside of you that you start to think, I, I, I really need to, I should begin to, I really need to stop, I really need to start, And you kind of know in your your own way, it's not an audible voice. You're not even sure how that all works, but it's your conscience maybe and it's been tuned into something that it wasn't tuned into before. And you're linked in because that that never bothered you before, but it's kind of starting to bother you now. You've, You've never considered approaching relationships that way before, but now you're considering it. And you, and you can't seem to get it out of your mind. There's, there's a change that you need to make. And it's not change your whole life. It's just change one little thing that you're doing. As, as, and it's as if you might be sensing the voice of God. You, you have no idea what hangs in the balance of your decision to make that one change. You, you have no idea, but you've listened and, you, and you've listened enough and, and you've had enough of your questions answered to know there might just be something. There might just be something. And this decision to, to change your relationship, this decision to conduct business differently, this decision to handle relationships differently, this decision to be more generous in your time, your treasure, and your talent, this decision is, is, is the center right now of what God wants to do in your life. And he's beckoning you to take him fishing, and you have no idea what hangs in the balance. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but you're somehow scared to death of it, anyways. And, and, and the Lord Jesus says to you, Follow me, come on. I'm not asking you to change everything, I just want to show up in your life because when your little itty bitty baby faith intersects with my faithfulness, it's not going to be about Uh, the relationship. It's our partnership. It's not going to be about the money. It's not going to be about the profession. It's not going to be about your reputation. It's not going to be about the fish. It's not going to be about any of the things that you're concerned about. The reasons that you're hesitating. It's not going to be about any of those things. And you're going to go home and you're going to drive away. You're going to sit down and you're going to think, oh, my Lord, you knew my name. That was you. That was you banging on my heart. That was you nudging me. You actually paused, spoke to me, nudged me. You care about me. And your life will be different because you will have done, maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a specific way, you will have done what your heavenly Father has invited you to do. And I don't have to tell you what it is because it's different for everybody, but you already know what it is for you. Because you've been scared. You've already been saying no. It's the next phase for you to follow. The fourth one is that whole leave your nets thing. And this is some of us. Listen, you know, got it, yeah? We've had several of these, these moments where we listened to God, we did what he said, we've obeyed God and wow, look what happened. And then we had another area of our life and we obeyed God and wow, look what happened. And then, and then we've got more generous and we've, we've obeyed God and we broke up with her. We, we, God honored that and then you broke up with, with him and, and, and now you've had um, enough of these things, enough of these moments where it was respond to my small ask. And now it's time to say, you know what, God? I wanna just, I wanna surrender my whole life. My whole thing, I've been messing around I've been playing around. I've been saying, okay, you can have this, but not this. I've been saying you can have this, but definitely not that. Some of you, you're at the place where you've just got to quit playing those silly little games of in and out and just say, Heavenly Father, my whole life is yours. My whole life is yours. Everything I own, my future, my relationships, God, I I want your will in every single area of my life. The point is not to figure out what number you are. It's not to to grade yourself or to rate yourself. The issue is, are you willing to take the next step? The issue is that the next step for you, will you take it? Because you have no idea what hangs in the balance. You have no idea what hangs in the balance, but the, the balance of your decision, that will determine how real God is to you. And how alive your faith becomes. It's in your doing. It's in the act. It's in the do. It's in the pursuit that makes the difference. In terms of your experience with your heavenly father. And so whatever the next step is, they're all good. Whatever the next step is for you, take that step. You don't want to spend your life wondering, what might God have done if I had just said yes? You don't want to spend the rest of another season of your life just wandering around and wondering, come on, where is God? I've heard about God. People talk about God. What are all these stories? And the issue wasn't God and His availability. The issue was your inability and your unwillingness to simply say yes to something you have done a thousand times. But this time, we're going to do it a little bit differently. I could take you all the way back into into high school me and, and talk about the forks in the road that I experienced where every, everybody seemed to go this way and, and I just knew in, in, in my heart God said trust me trust me and then, then I look back and I'm so, I'm so glad that I did later on it, ha- it happened again the same thing There was just trust me just, just a little bit just trust me just a little bit trust me my way is the better choice Graham trust me follow me And I look back, and I think, oh God, I'm so glad that I did. There are these moments in time where I just have these memories wash over me. And it was like, try this. Trust me. Follow me. (laughs) But that seems hard. That seems expensive. You know what? Nobody else I know is even doing that. It's okay. Trust me follow me but God that's too much God that's too hard and I and I don't know I'm afraid okay that's the truth I'm afraid and I and I look back and I wonder what if I hadn't come on look what's happened all around me how have I been spared how have I been blessed how have I been used we look back and we think God if I had said no That's why I want for all of you, with all of my heart for you to pay attention to that little itty bitty, still small voice inside you that you're not even sure if it's God, but there is something in your heart that says, I I think this is my next step that my heavenly father wants me to take. And you will never regret it. But if you don't take it, you'll never know what God might have done in your life and through your life. So whatever your next step is, they're all good. Take your next step. Whatever your next step is, come on, be bold, have courage, take it. Some of you, just come back next week. For some of you, it's time to address those questions. It's time to listen to Basecamp, Engage with the Base Camp series. Get the basics there. Wrestle with that. Start reading the New Testament. Start reading the Gospels. For others of you, it's that one thing you know. God wants you to deal with. He's pushing it on you. You can feel it. The pressure is there. He's making it clear to you. No more messing around. Take my life. And if you make that decision, you'll be glad that you did. And if you don't, you'll wish that you had. But even in wishing you had, you will never know what God might have done in you, what God might have done in your family, through your kids, what God might have done in your finances, what God might have done in your professional life. So whatever your next step is, pursuit of Jesus means we keep taking steps. Keep following Jesus. Take that step you will never ever regret that decision. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for preserving these narratives, these stories for all these 2000 plus years. Father, thank you for the courage of Peter that day and Father, for every single one of us, wherever this lands with us, would you give us the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it, to take that step. Father, for every single person here who this week is going to take that step, they've decided I will take that step, I pray that you would show up in their life almost in tangible ways to mark it, to affirm that it was you. In fact, you were there tugging at their heart. It was, in fact, you that was elbowing them in the conscience, that it was in fact you who placed that, that thought, that challenge in their heart, and that you would no longer be generally the master, but you might become our personal Lord. You would no longer be God who is somewhere out there, but you would become our heavenly Father as we take a step to follow you. So, again, give us eyes to see this story that you see us. Give us the courage to take that step. In Jesus' name, amen.